invite you to pray with me this morning. Holy God, you have a word for us, a word of comfort and a word of challenge, a word of hope and a word of leadership for our lives. Make our hearts soft and plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Well, there was uh, a man named Doug. Doug, uh, when he was in high school, he was always on the move and sometimes getting into trouble. He had to have the fastest cars and was always driving fast and getting himself into trouble. But he said, I was, I'm living life to the fullest. And he liked to move quick. So after, after high school, he went to the Air Force and became a fighter jet pilot to serve his country and to keep moving fast and live life to the fullest. And that was fine. He did well. And after that, he got out. He got married and, and had kids. And he got a job. Uh, he wanted to be a pilot for commercial airlines because they made good money. And he wanted to be rich. And so he was married, had these kids. He got this good job and was making money and, and had a big, beautiful house but it was never quite enough. In fact, when people would compliment him on how beautiful his home was, he would always go into this litany of comparisons about how it wasn't as big as this person's or as nice as that person's or he didn't have this like others and was always looking for something more. And so he bought a motorcycle so he could keep moving fast and live life to the fullest and it wasn't enough. It didn't quite satisfy. So he bought a sports car and another thing and another thing and it never quite satisfied. And over time, uh, with all the travel for work, he happened to fall into an affair and then another, and the debt mounted and, and grew, and, and as the marriage started to fall apart and the debt started to come in, eventually he was divorced, the relationship dissolved, uh, uh, had to file bankruptcy because of all the debt. He had been chasing all these things that was never enough. You see, he kept telling himself, I'm living life to the fullest, but what he was doing was spending his life running after an imitation life, chasing every passing desire, but never content, never having enough, falling into every trap along the way. And you have to wonder, is that really living life to the fullest, or is there something better God has for us? In 1 Timothy today, we're told to take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And then again toward the end, it says to take hold of the life that is really life. What does that mean, really life? Today, God is teaching us about how to live that true life that God has called us to rather than an imitation life, chasing things that never satisfy. And in true Pauline form, this teaching comes to us in comparative lists. We see that a lot in the letters in the New Testament. And so on the one hand, we have uh, this life that is really life, full of contentment and joy. And on the other hand, this imitation life that never quite satisfies. And Timothy is told what to shun and what to pursue in these comparisons. So let's dive into this a bit. To live this life God has for us, in verse 11 today we hear this, that we're taught to pursue these things, righteousness, godliness, love, faith, gentleness, humility, free ice cream for all. No, wait, that was the children's sermon. <laughs> these are good things, and, and Timothy is told to, to teach his people to, to chase after these things, to pursue them compared to what we are to shun, right? And, and at first glance, in the reading we heard, it seems like it's just about uh, the desire to be rich, 
Now, it's interesting, though, because it talks about the desire to become rich, and, and it's that that can lead to all kinds of other dangerous desires, temptations, and traps along the way if that becomes our heart's deepest desire. And I love how at the end of this, re- this reading, uh, it, it clarifies. It's not wealth and money that in and of itself is bad. In fact, uh, Timothy is told if there are some among your community that, that are wealthy in this world, teach them to, to be grateful and generous, ready to share, trust in God, right? Not to be haughty. And then at the beginning of this chapter, though, there's something else. So there's really two things that Timothy's uh, dealing with here. At the beginning of this chapter, we hear about something else, the desire to be right, to win the argument, to be more knowledgeable than others. See, in that ancient context, in, in this ancient world where the church was starting, there was this culture of, of wisdom and knowledge, and people were always trying to, to, to build that up, and it was a status thing. And it talks then about being puffed up, saying, I know that I am right and you are wrong. And from that, at the beginning in verse 4, there's another list in this chapter, come things like envy, dissension, slander, base suspicions, or wrangling. Wrangling, you don't hear that word a lot in Scripture, do you? I was looking at the Greek, it can also be translated as constant bickering, and I liked that one because when we were kids, my siblings and I, that little fighting that siblings do, my parents called that bickering, and grandma would always say, quit your bickering, kids. Brings back warm feelings in my heart. (laughs) But you see this issue of, of arguing with one another in, as we grow up, as trying to be the, the smartest one in the room, I am right and you are wrong. Does that sound familiar to anyone from our world today? <laughs> a little bit. You might be thinking, yeah, I've got an uncle just like that. To which I say, why is it always the uncle? Because <laughs> I'm an uncle. But really, none of us ever get like that, do we? Of course, we fall into the same traps sometimes. It's amazing to me how the the struggles in Timothy's day in the early church, this desire to be right and prove that I'm right and you're wrong, the the temptations of chasing after wealth and putting our trust and our heart in that, the same problems that we can have today. Amazing how Scripture is so relevant. But in today's world, I think some of these things are even more tempting, this right and wrong thing. We have these digital devices, cell phones, computers that allow us to cast stones at people with our words. People will never meet or never see. We don't even have to witness the bruises we cause. So the question is, am I living the true life in Christ or an imitation life? What am I pursuing Do you ever feel like there must be something more? Do you ever think that maybe something is missing in this life? Do you ever find yourself looking around at the world and wondering, is this what God really had in mind? I think these are the questions God is speaking to us about today in this text. And God amazingly speaks to our experience today through Timothy's experience in the early church. See, Timothy was a young leader in the church whom Paul deeply loved and had mentored and discipled. And Timothy was caught in in his community in the middle as they tried to figure out how to live this life together, this new life in Christ. He was trying to lead them, help them to grow spiritually and figure out their calling in the world. But as he looks around, he sees these struggles. Over here, he's got a group of people caught up in the culture of being the most knowledgeable and the wisest and proving themselves right all the time and cutting others down in the process. 
And then over here, he's got people tempted to chase after wealth and riches at whatever cost and putting all their trust there. And I can just imagine Timothy, who's given this great mantle of spiritual leadership at a very young age, we're told, praying, God, what do I do here? What is the right answer? Jesus, how do, I, how do we live this resurrection life, this life that is really life that you promise us? And a word comes to him through this letter. And part of that instruction is that there are some things you should teach others to shun. There are some things that you should instead pursue. And this word shun is an interesting word. In the Greek, it's feugo, and it seems to be more often translated instead of shun as flee, as in turn and run away from. Which is interesting then because the Greek word uh, for pursue is like its opposite. It's dioko, and it means to, to chase after, to run after, with, and it carries this sense of intensity and urgency behind it. So maybe another way to hear this reading today is turn and run away from these things and turn and run toward these with all you've got. And I love this because it's, it's not saying maybe you should try and start this different thing or, or start working slowly in this direction. No, it's saying now turn and run with all you have toward these things, toward Jesus, toward this life that God has for you. But what does that look like for us? It means something different for all of us. Uh, if you find yourself in a season where you're home all day long, maybe a question is how much time uh, do you spend watching cable news versus reading God's word or his time in prayer? I was talking with one of my pastor colleagues recently who, who shared this thought and concern. He, he, he said, Josh, I wonder, are my people today being discipled more by cable news and things like that than by Jesus Christ? What do we pursue? What do we pour into our hearts and with our time and our energy? How much time do we spend listening to noisy voices out there in the world who are all too often slandering others that think different than themselves rather than spending time at peace in God's presence? Outside, feeling the Spirit move over our face in the gentle breeze, listening to the symphony of creation as the birds sing. What does our heart run toward? And maybe you've you find yourself in the midst of your, the heart of your career in this season in life, maybe one of the things to wonder about is how much time do I get sucked into feeling envy or worry or anxiety versus being grateful or, or content? How much time am I focusing on my own success rather than helping others to thrive and lifting them up? If you're a young person, how much time do you spend worrying about what others think uh, versus spending time resting in God's presence and trusting that word God has that you are mine, you are beloved, I have called you, I have chosen you. You see, friends, we have been called to true life, to eternal life that starts here and now. We have been called to so much more than the temporary high of being rich and acquiring that next big thing. We have been called to so much more than the fleeting satisfaction of, of being right and proving someone else wrong. Jesus came and died for you so that we can have that life that is really life. Take hold of that eternal life to which you were called, for which you were made. To be part of something so much more, so much bigger, so much more beautiful than anything we could ever imagine. So today, right now, the question, what is God inviting you to shun, to run away from? What is God inviting you to pursue, to run toward?
so that we can have that true life Jesus wants for us. And as we think about that, we can never, ever forget that no matter which way we run, no matter how many times we might make the wrong choice or mistake, Jesus will never stop pursuing you to the ends of the earth with love and mercy. So today, what do we shun? What do we pursue so that we can take hold of this life? Because friends, there is too much at stake in the world today to waste our time on imitation life, on fake life, wasting our hearts on these traps and deceptions. When there are kids going hungry around the world or even in our own city, when there are people who are feeling void of love and alone, we can't waste this life God has given us. When there are teenagers in the world hurting and afraid or, or when someone's marriage falls apart and they're wondering if they have any worth, we can't waste these gifts, this life Jesus has for us. I don't want to spend another minute living in envy or fear. I don't want to see hearts withering in bitterness or anger. I want us all to answer that call, to take hold of that life that is really life so that we can create a community where every single person experiences joy and love and belonging, where every single person experiences peace and purpose. Imagine living every day so deeply connected to Jesus that, that we start to become overwhelmed with a sense of beauty and wonder and gratitude and find ourselves saying, I can't believe I get to live this life. This, this is the life Jesus wants for us. So friends, let's run after it with everything we have. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you promise that you come to bring life abundant, yet so many times we settle for so much less. Lord, all the places that we might be struggling or chasing after the wrong things, getting pulled in the wrong directions, free us, Lord. Free us to hear your voice, to trust in you. Awaken us to the beauty and wonder around us each day. Lead us toward life-giving relationships that we might dwell in your presence and feel a sense of peace and wholeness this day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.